G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Bite Fry podcast. Happy Thursday, hope you're having a great week as we wind down our work and gear up for what should be a great Christmas break for everyone. I've got my mojo back a little bit on Sports by Fry, started to write a couple more articles. Earlier this week, I looked at breaking the AFL teams into three different tiers based on their 2020 premiership aspirations, which was a little bit harder than it sounds. I'm currently working on another NBA fantasy piece, a bit of a waiver wire watch before 2020 rocks up, so make sure you check that out when it does go live. I am going to be doing another AFL fantasy piece, uh, looking at some of the rookies mainly. That's probably going to go up over the weekend, so make sure you don't miss that one. But today I am back here with an NBA flavour, talking about the 18 players that will dictate the NBA trade season. So as I'm sure most hardcore basketball fans will know, with the 15th of December passing, it means that players who sign deals over the summer can now officially be traded. And we've had a very, very quiet trade season so far. In fact, the last NBA trade involved Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul swapping postcodes nearly five months ago. So over that same time span last year, we saw nearly 20 trades with about 50 players involved. So now that these restrictions have been lifted, expect to see the rumor mill churn out a lot more rumored deals and people wanting to move this player and targeting this dude and etc, etc, right up until the February 6th trade deadline. But there are some players, I think we're in for a bit of a lull and a bit of a quiet trade period, but there are some players who will be moved, obviously, and I think we'll go the entire uh, span right up to the deadline without any deals. But there are a couple of popular names that are obviously more important in this NBA trade season. I'll chuck the link to the article that I wrote about all 18 players in this podcast description, but let's kickstart the list. The first bloke I want to look at is Robert Covington of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Stereotypical 3 and D dude that could provide a contending team with a valuable role player. Minnesota is currently tanking, well, not tanking, but it feels like they're tanking their season. They're riding a seven-game losing streak, and we could see them become one of the most active teams before the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if Rocco ended up heading to another contending team out west, because when playoffs roll around, you're going to have to combat with the likes of Paul George, LeBron, Kawhi, even James Harden in some circumstances. So I'd be surprised if Rocco was on the T-Wolves roster by season's end. That does make him an interesting fit for teams like the Mavericks, the Rockets, or maybe even the Utah Jazz. Next dude on the list is a very popular name that has been discussed quite a bit already this season, and that is Chris Paul of the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you believe the recent reports that are coming out, though, I don't think Chris Paul is going to be departing OKC anytime soon. The point guarding Yoda has been a steady source of production, actually, this year for the Thunder. He's averaging about 16 points and half a dozen dimes, which, going off his career averages, aren't great. But he is in his 14th or 15th season, and in a perfect world, I'm sure... The Thunder would have loved to see Chris Paul get out there and boost his trade value this far throughout the season and see a team pounce on him, but he is a blo- does own a bloated contract. So for that reason, I think, considering there's not much salary cal- salary cap flexibility, try saying that 10 times real fast, out there in the NBA at the moment, there's not a lot of buyers emerging for Chris Paul. So he is contracted for another few years, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Thunder held on to him, maybe dealt him at a later date, probably throughout the draft, I could see Chris Paul moving teams and maybe ending up on the Heat or maybe the Bucks if the Spurs are still in contention. That could be a nice fit. Maybe even the aforementioned Timberwolves. But for now, I think Chris Paul seems destined to play out this season with OKC. 
Marcus Morris is the third dude on my list of the New York Knicks, and he's actually having a career year right now, and he is a dude who's boosting his trade value. Currently, he's playing on a one-year $15 million expiring deal, so a very movable contract, and a team doesn't have to commit long-term salary cap to him, so he's played himself into trade contention, averaging a team-best nearly 19 points a game for the lowly New York Knicks, and he's shooting a pretty impressive clip from downtown. When I wrote this article, he was canning 47% of his three-point attempts, which was surprisingly good for the fourth-best shooting percentage from downtown in the entire league. He's a pretty versatile forward as well, has solid defensive skills, and I think Morris could definitely contribute to a winning formula and a team that needs an extra piece in their postseason push. I don't really know who will bite on Morris. It'll be interesting to see what dominoes do fall in the trade period early, and if a team misses out on someone like a Kevin Love or a big name like that, maybe they will pounce on Morris. The Pacers and the Nuggets are two teams that could potentially be interested. I'd like to see Morris maybe end up on the Kings. The Spurs and Rockets maybe as well, but there's bound to be plenty of teams that'll be interested in Morris, pending how some of the other trade names unfold. Already teased this name a little bit, but Kevin Love is set to be the most popular name this NBA trade season. The five-time All-Star obviously doesn't fit with Cleveland. Ever since LeBron left, the Cavs have slowly been selling off their pieces, and Kevin Love is probably one of the last remaining attractive items. I'm going to talk about a few more Cavs later on, but Kevin Love is definitely the one that could move the needle the most for a team who does decide to bite and trade for him. He's currently rocking a four-year, $120 million contract, though, which will definitely turn off a lot of teams trying to commit that long-term salary, but there are still a handful of scenarios that make sense for Kevin Love. He's been long-linked to the Portland Trailblazers, a move that I've been crying out for for over 18 months now, and I think there are contracts on the Blazers that could help him move. The Suns are another team that's starting to gather a bit of steam. I've talked about why I'd like to see the Nuggets or the Timberwolves maybe trade for him. Maybe even the Utah Jazz, who haven't really exploded like a lot of people thought thus far. Maybe if one of those teams is willing to part with a first-round pick, they could pry him away from Cleveland, but considering his big salary and the fact that Kevin Love wants to join a contending team, there aren't as many suitors out there for him as you would expect, so it'll be very interesting to monitor Kevin Love and his rumoured trade destinations throughout the rest of the trade period. Next bloke on the list is Malik Beasley of the Denver Nuggets. Now, there's no certainty that he will be moved, but Beasley did turn down a three-year, $30 million extension from the Nuggets over the summer, and it's becoming more and more likely that he will leave when the season comes to a close. So for that reason, the Nuggets might choose to cash in if they get the right offer for their backup two-guard and trade him away from the Mile High City. He carved out a pretty nice role for Denver last year, but with a healthy Michael Porter Jr. emerging, Beasley's minutes and production have taken a bit of a hit this year. The Nuggets, I still have a lot of faith in this year. They haven't lit the world on fire, but it's a long season, still a long way to go, and they experienced a ton of success last year, so it's unlikely that they're going to make drastic changes to their lineup, but everyone does have a price, and if they do decide to make some changes, Malik Beasley does seem like one of the most likely players to depart. Veteran centre Stephen Adams of the OKC Thunder is up next. Adams has carved out a reputation throughout his seven years in the NBA as one of the strongest players in the entire league. His huge brute size has been a massive asset for OKC throughout their playoff and championship runs. 
well, actually technically not a championship run. They didn't win at all, but he's been great for them throughout the postseason and been a massive contributor throughout his NBA career to date. And that does make him an appealing asset for teams who maybe want to add some size to their list and get someone who can bang down low. He is an appealing target for sure if you do need big man help. However, he's still owed $25 million for this season and the next one, which does make it tricky to see him end up in maybe Boston or somewhere like Sacramento. I think there'd be two teams that would love to add Steven Adams, but does make it a bit difficult trying to juggle the contracts and players to make a negotiation come to fruition. But maybe someone like the Wizards could make a move for Steven Adams. They're kind of all in on winning with John Wall and Brad Beal, even though Wall hasn't returned to the court yet. But Adams could be another chip for the Thunder that is moved, and his big size could definitely help a team who wants to make a postseason push. Nearly halfway through the list, the next player I'm targeting is D'Angelo Russell now. As the season progresses, it seems less and less likely, similar to the Chris Paul scenario, that the Warriors are going to trade D'Angelo Russell, but I do think that he has is playing on borrowed time with the Warriors. I can't see him coexisting with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson beyond this season, and he is still in fringe all-star form. He's averaging 21.5 points, is Russell, and he isn't really exactly blowing up on his third team, but... I don't think it's going to see him depart before the trade deadline. It would probably take a very, very impressive offer from someone to get the Warriors to ship Russell out, but they might want to fully embrace the tank and try and get a number one pick or as high a pick as they can to add to the nucleus with Curry and Clay when they're healthy next year. So Russell is a name that will, much like some of the other veterans and some of the other star players on this list, it'll be interesting to see what other players do move, and that could see Russell depart. A team like Orlando and maybe even Minnesota has been linked to Russell so far, and I think he fits both those scenarios. Maybe one of those teams will emerge and trade for him at a later date, and we could see him depart before the 2019-2020 trade deadline draws to a close. Danilo Gallinari of the OKC Thunder is the next veteran on the block that I'm going to discuss. He's an enticing trade piece after playing himself into some pretty reasonable form. After dealing with a lot of injuries throughout the first seven to nine years of his career, he pretty much had the best season of his NBA tenure with the Clippers last year, and he's producing again for OKC in his 11th season. He is on an expiring deal as well, worth over a tick, tick over $22.5 million, so... It's not too hard a number to match, but it's not exactly pocket change. So there are a ton of teams similar to Marcus Morris that I already mentioned that might want to add a veteran scoring presence like Gallinari. Someone who misses out in the Kevin Love sweepstakes could be interested as well. The Miami Heat, Dallas Mavericks, Toronto Raptors even, Indiana Pacers. They're all teams that might want to make a play for Gallinari. And if a team was willing to part with some draft capital and allow the Thunder to add to their already impressive stack of future assets, then we could see Danilo moved pretty soon. The next player that I want to discuss is Jordan Clarkson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He has carved out a nice niche in the NBA as a solid scoring punch off the bench and funnily enough hasn't started a single game in his Cleveland Cavalier career to date but in nearly three full seasons he's averaged 15 points off the bench and that score first spark plug is definitely worth or score first spark plug type of players are definitely worth their weight in gold, especially come postseason time. And there's plenty of teams who could be chasing some instant offense 
for their second unit. The 76ers do jump to mind, but with Clarkson making about $13 million, I don't know if they do have the contracts to match it. Pistons could be another team who emerges, similar with the Jazz and the Rockets. So Clarkson is definitely a serviceable role player. And I think depending on what happens with Love and Thompson, maybe Clarkson will be another guard who finds a new home at this trade period. Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. What are we going to do with you, Miles Turner? It's pretty clear now that playing DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner alongside one another isn't really working. DeMontis Sabonis is in all-star contention, serious all-star contention so far, and the same can't really be said for Turner, who, aside from shot blocking, has really failed to develop and advance his game in the last few seasons, in my opinion, and it seems like he's on his last legs as a pacer. He might not be traded this season or before the trade deadline. He might move in the offseason, you never know. But a fresh start seems just like what Turner needs at the moment. He's only 23 years old, which is crazy to say. And the Pacers, considering they don't have Victor Oladipo, are likely going to wait until they can assess their team at full strength to decide what they want to do with Turner. But with him and Sabonis, an awkward fit. I don't really like it. Maybe they're a team that gets in the mix for Kevin Love and Turner's a piece that gets flipped away. Wizards are another team again. I talked about them with Stephen Adams. Maybe they want to tr try give Turner another fresh start. The Thunder could also be involved. Maybe the Spurs. I think either way, though, Turner is playing on borrowed time with the Pacers. Maybe it won't see him leave this season, but I'd be surprised if he stayed in Indiana for much longer. Turning my attention to the backcourt for a couple of players, Jeff Teague of the Minnesota Timberwolves is the next cab off the rank. He's in the final year of his three-year $57 million deal, and Teague is a hard player to move away, mainly because he's shown that he can seamlessly fit into a lot of uh, lot of teams and a lot of systems. He's a starting caliber floor general. He's averaged over six and a half assists in most of his last seven or so seasons, and he is 31 years old, and I don't think there'll be a lot of teams lining up for his type of services, maybe unless they want to try go for a Chris Paul or Drew Holiday type, the Timberwolves, that is. Maybe Teague will be involved in a potential negotiation there. The Pistons and the Magic, two other teams that could be chasing some point guard help, could go after Teague, but I feel like he's more destined to play out his contract before hitting free agency next year. $19 million is a hefty price to move for Jeff Teague, who you do wonder if he really does move the needle for a lot of those teams on the bubble. So we want to monitor, but I think Teague will play out his season as a Timberwolf. The fourth and final Thunder player that I'm going to discuss is another guard in Dennis Schroeder, who, much like his other Thunder peers, it'll depend a little bit on how OKC proceeds, whether they become serious sellers before the trade deadline, or if they decide to really go for maybe one of those final few playoff spots at the moment. They're kind of stuck in the middle of the uber-competitive Western Conference, and given the talent on their roster, there's no reason why they can't stay competitive and really fight for one of those final playoff seedings right up until the end of the season, but trading away a player like Schroeder is probably the smarter route if they can find a trade partner. There's a lot of younger players on the team who will probably benefit from Schroeder departing and getting some more minutes into them. Shea Gildas Alexander is one, for example, but Schroeder's only 26 years old, so there's a scenario where someone does make a move for him and maybe gives him the second half of the season to assess his fit with the franchise and then maybe negotiates a new deal. I think Schroeder's the most appealing trade asset probably tied with Danilo Gallinari of the Thunder players that I've talked about. And a team that wants some point guard help, maybe the Mavericks, maybe the Pistons, maybe even the Raptors if Kyle Lowry doesn't stay around. Maybe Schroeder getting moved to one of those scenarios makes a lot of sense. 
Another big name bound to do plenty of laps through the rumour reel throughout the rest of the trade season is Drew Holiday. As the season continues, it's pretty clear that New Orleans doesn't have the team that they thought they would, and I think they're languishing at about 6-21, and 6-22, and 22, something like that. And it's not fair that Drew Holiday's talents are being wasted on a team that crappy, to be honest. He's a very, very intriguing trade ship. He's currently averaging nearly 20 points and 7 dimes with 2 steals a game, and those type of skills and those averages are definitely going to be coveted by a team who wants to make a serious splash. I've talked about how the Timberwolves could maybe get involved, Orlando needs some point guard help. The Miami Heat are someone who's emerging as potentially a Drew Holiday destination. The Nuggets might even want to part ways with probably not Jamal Murray, but maybe Gary Harris and add Holiday to the mix. Could even return to the 76ers. Who knows? Again, they're a bit hamstrung with their cap flexibility and the contracts they have to use in a potential trade. But if Drew Holiday is moved, he's definitely going to be one of the biggest names traded before February 6th arrives. Andre Iguodala is a player who doesn't have the same star power that he once did, but the former finals MVP is going to be a very, very coveted trade piece throughout the rest of this trade season. We've already heard how both LA franchises are keen to secure his services. Currently running away on the Memphis Grizzlies, Iggy's yet to play a single game this year, and there's a couple of other teams who might want to swoop on Iguodala because the Grizzlies have said they're not going to buy him out. They're going to try and get these teams locked in a bidding war and I think it's a move that honestly is going to work well for them. The Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Jazz, all those teams out west are bound to want to add another wing defender. Kind of the way that I talked about Robert Covington and Iggy's experience, three-time champion, like I said, former finals MVP. It's something that you want around your locker room if you're going to make a serious run for the NBA Finals and a championship. So while both LA teams would love to get him, they aren't exactly oozing with draft capital after landing Kawhi and Anthony Davis this summer. So it could pave the way for another West contender to come in and swoop on Iggy right out from under their nose. Sticking with the star power, turning my attention to a couple of San Antonio Spurs. DeMar DeRozan is the first cab off the rank, and while the Spurs have been a picture of consistency for the last two decades, we could see their 23rd plus consecutive playoff appearance come to an end. And I think at 10 and 16, it's time for the Spurs to really rip the band-aid off, and if they can, trade away DeMar DeRozan. He's still averaging nearly, I think he's over 20 points for about the seventh straight year, so there's plenty in the tank, and his scoring prowess could help a team. Orlando, again, is a team that has expressed vague interest in DeRozan, and I personally want to see him go back to the Raptors. I think that would be awesome, but maybe the Pistons, another team, or the Wizards, who are kind of all in on winning with their current nucleus, I don't know if the Spurs are going to really be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. If they do, like I said, decide to rip the Band-Aid off and sell a few of these parts away, they're probably not going to get a hell of a lot for DeRozan, but I think if they can part ways with him, even if they have to sell him for 50 cents on the dollar, it's probably a wise move given their current roster construct. If they can't move on from DeRozan or they can't find a trade partner for him, then it might pave way for LaMarcus Aldridge to leave San Antonio. He's still owed $24 million next season, and it's not exactly an easy contract to move, but at 34 years old, LaMarcus Aldridge is still playing some pretty good ball. He's averaging close to 19 points and about seven rebounds a night, so at 34, that's nothing to be sneezed at. And similar to some of these other veterans I've talked about, it's unlikely that a pseudo will emerge for Aldridge. I would personally like to see him land on Indiana. I think that'd be a good fit, maybe for Miles Turner. That could be a trade that uh, suits both parties, but 
I don't think LaMarcus is going to be moved. Maybe if a team starts to panic over the next five to six weeks, they might hit up the Spurs and inquire about what his price tag really is. But moving on from these two veterans, DeRozan and Aldridge, is going to be tough for San Antonio. But similar to what I said with DeRozan, if they can find a buyer, I think they have to pull the trigger. Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers is another player who could be on the move. He's made a ton of money in the NBA with his relentless pursuit on the glass, and his ability to chew up rebounds is definitely going to be coveted before the trade deadline. Where he lands and what happens with him does kind of hinge on what happens with Kevin Love. Thompson is on an expiring contract at 18.5 mil, so it's a bit easier to shuffle around than Kevin Love, which might see him leave the Cavs before his 2016 championship teammate, but... Either way, I think Thompson's talents are bound to be used by another team that isn't the Cleveland Cavaliers, probably before the deadline. I wouldn't rule out Thompson being a buyout candidate as well, being on an expiring deal. He doesn't really seem to be getting along great with John Beeline, the new Cavs head coach, and he and Kevin Love don't really fit the current Cavs nucleus, so maybe a team like the Celtics, if he's bought out, could land him. I don't think they'll be able to trade for him. The Toronto Raptors are someone that have expressed their interest in Tristan Thompson in the past. Maybe they'll be tempted again to make a play for him, but again, the Cavaliers are a little bit jumbled because Kevin Love is the real big nugget in their trade prize pool, so Thompson will be one to watch, and maybe, if he doesn't get traded, will be bought out and join another contending team. Another bloke who will definitely be out to join a contending team. And the last bloke on the list is JJ Redick. Having made the playoffs in all 13 seasons of his NBA career so far, I don't think Redick will be too keen to spend his days rotting away with the New Orleans Pelicans. Could lead to de departure from New Orleans, and JJ Redick for years has shown that he's one of the best snipers in the game from distance. He's shooting 45% on over seven three-point attempts a game in his 14th pro season, and there's a ton of teams that could emerge as a destination for the sharpshooter. The Nuggets, Bucks, maybe even the Heat. The Houston Rockets love to shoot a lot of threes, so maybe he could end up there. So I don't think if New Orleans does make him available, it'll take them too long to find a trade partner for Redick. And that's all I've got. All 18 players that I think will dictate this year's NBA trade season. Make sure, like I said, you visit those other Sports by Fry posts that I've already discussed. AFL Fantasy 1 on the way this weekend. NBA Fantasy 1 coming up. And I'm sure I'll be covering any other relevant NBA trade news. Another Fast 5 coming on Saturday as well, previewing Week 16 in the NFL with a couple of other relevant talking points. So make sure you catch that one. But until then, thank you for tuning into this podcast. Until next time. Bye.